When the pressures of life start pressing down on you, how do you respond? See, the values and habits that we cultivate in the unseen and unimportant times are the things that show up in the seen and critical times. Much nearer 
from here And heaven is much nearer from here Spill. 
Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Um, there's a lot going on in this world, but one thing I am always so thankful for is the Word of God, because the Word of God is so true, so strong. And so while the midst of things are going on kind of chaotic in the world, um, I, I came across this scripture and I want to share it with you and bless you with it. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. God made us right with God. Oh, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. So Lord, we just come before you and we boast about you because you are good. You are good. No matter what anything is happening, you are good. And we can trust in that. I thank you, Lord, that by the power of the cross, by the shedding of the blood of Jesus, you've made us whole you made us connect with you, and that is the most amazing, insane gift that we could ever receive. I thank you, Lord, that you literally dwell in each and every one of us. And because you dwell in our hearts, you dwell in our spirits, we get the same inheritance and the same power as Christ Jesus, and that is truth. And I thank you so much, Lord, for that. Thank you for being our rock and our anchor. And God, use us, Lord, in a most powerful way to be your salt and light, to be love, to the world that needs love more than any other time. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Hello, my name is Julie, and I'll be giving announcements today. I want to invite you to a prophecy service we have coming. And if you're not sure what that is, uh, in Blue Water, we have uh, practiced and learned how to kind of listen and hear from God for one another and marinated in the scriptures. And we, we, just want to be able to encourage each other and speak words to each other for things that are coming in our lives, things that we're seeing in one another. And we have a handful of people that are super gifted at this. So every year at the beginning of the year, we do a prophecy service and they kind of stand up and they'll, they'll speak into different people's lives. And I have seen, like they'll pick someone out who they've never met and speak to them and then they'll come over to the prayer line and they'll be crying and they're like, I don't even know how they knew that about me, but they knew that God spoke. Like it, it just testified that God was um, seeing them and knowing what was going on in their life. So we've loved the way the prophetic has moved through our body and encouraged us and given us faith for one another. Um, and we would love to do that again this year. So we'll be having a service coming up and we would love for you to join us. You can go to our website and please sign up so we have an idea of how many are coming because we're gonna do all the safety protocols and um, you know, blue X's, six feet apart, temperature checks and that whole thing. We're getting pretty good at that. We've had some practice now. So it'll be Sunday, January 24th at 6 p.m. Thanks and I will love to see you there. We wanna invite you to give this morning if you're part of our Blue Water community. You can do so through um, our website or send in a check 
to the office. And if you're just visiting, we just invite you to be part of this and let this service be a gift to you. And if you give regularly, we're so grateful. It's going to um, help us do a lot of things around here. So thanks for your giving and your faithfulness. And now we want to invite our kiddos um, to stand up and we'll pray for you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for each one that you've entrusted to us as a body and as, a, as parents and siblings, Lord. And we, we bless our kids now in the name of Christ. We bless you with a sense of God's presence in whatever you're going through right now. And God, we ask that uh, this school year and all of the changes in the world uh, that they're navigating, that you would just fill them with a sense of your closeness, that your presence would be on them and just peace over them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a freshman in high school, I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be happy. But let me tell you a little bit more about 14-year-old Rolo. He uh, didn't have very high values or aspirations for what he wanted to do with his life. He um, didn't want to be in school, didn't like being in school. Felt like slavery to him, didn't want to be there. Uh, he didn't grow up in a Christian home. Although at the time, he did have a budding relationship with the Lord thanks to a neighborhood friend who um, invited, invited me to their church. His parents were pastors. And I kept going because it was a reason to get out of the house. And they had candy at that church. And the kids there at that church had fantastic trading cards. So it was a great reason to keep going. And, um, but I never really had any real mentorship. I didn't have anyone that was helping me figure out what I was gonna do with my life. For that, all I really had was my parents' example. And it was kind of like, what I, what I saw them doing was using their time and their money to just be happy. So I took that on. I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll just try to be happy, that's good. But I didn't like the way they're doing it. They, it was too much drinking and partying. So I, I devised my own way uh, to be happy for the rest of my life. And here's, here's how it went. I, I discerned that what made me most happy was eating. So, if I could just learn how to cook, I will be able to provide myself with endless happiness for the rest of my life. And on that day, I decided that after high school, I was going to go to culinary school. And so that was a real uh, like turning point for me because it, it changed the whole way that I went, went about my high school career. So, you know, cause I, I had, had my vision, I knew where I was going and it, it led me to make these decisions, these bold decisions that other people around me thought was maybe a little weird, but it was totally fine to me. I knew what I was doing. So uh, for example, because I wasn't going to a traditional college, I figured out that there were some classes in high school that I didn't have to take. So there were some science classes I didn't take, some math, I didn't even have to take any language classes. So. My friends are like stressing out about French homework or whatever, and I'm just full of joy knowing that I don't have to endure any of that kind of work. And 
Uh, funny thing, the year after I graduated high school, they changed the rules at my high school where everyone had to take language and all those extra classes. So it was really good for me because if they did that while I was there, I would not have made it. I wouldn't have made it through high school, but I did. And I made it through high school. I made it to and through culinary school. Hey, let's go. Let's go. So, um, but, so what's the point of that story? point of that story is when, when I had decided to go to culinary school, I had suddenly become a man of vision and I had values. And those things helped me to make bold decisions that may not have made sense to anyone else, but I, I felt totally at peace, totally confident at what I was doing. Right now we're in a sermon series in the book of Daniel. I'm loving the book of Daniel because Daniel's this guy, he is in a foreign country and a foreign culture that is actually in direct opposition to the culture and the country that he personally identifies with. And he ends up leading this like wildly successful life, especially according to God's standards. And we can relate to a situation in a lot of ways because in, in uh, Philippians 3, it talks about how we're actually, our citizenship is in heaven. So even though our IDs say US or Hawaii or whatever, our, our true eternal citizenship is of another place. And we're here in this country, in this time, um, and there are a lot of things about it that are actually contrary to the country and the culture that we say we're from. Uh, and so Daniel really can show us a lot of practical tips for how we as God's people, part of his kingdom, we can live successfully as, you know, strangers and exiles here uh, in this, this world that isn't actually our eternal home. Um, so today, <clears throat> today we are reading out of Daniel chapter 6, which is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And this is a story that is usually taught in children's church, which is perfect because I'm the children's pastor and everyone in this room behaves like children all the time. That's right. That's a good word. Hey. I gotta go bedroom. No. Uh, but like many other Bible stories, this is one where we can hear it so many times that we can actually miss what it was like to be there, what it was like to be in their shoes, um, feeling their feels, sweating their sweats, and um, going, you know, against the trials that they had. And so I'm going to read over a lot of chapter six today, and I want us to listen to it with some fresh ears and see if we can pick up anything new for us. Um, even though this story is about like 2,600 years old. Anyway, so we're going to start uh, chapter 6. What's going on here is um, the Israelites, right? They're held captive originally by the Babylonians, but now under the Persians. And we learned last week how that kingdom uh, transferred over from King Bel Belshazzar to uh, King Darius. And what's going on in chapter six is Darius is, um, he's establishing his government, his organization. He's putting people in place, specifically, uh, specifically here, people that are gonna be in charge of like his tax collection, like his tax collectors. And Daniel ends up being positioned uh, in, this, in this place above 
the tax collectors. He's one of three that kind of oversee him. And uh, that's where we pick up today. So we're going to start in verse 3. It says this. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, which is like their word for the tax collectors, because uh, an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So, okay, stop there real quick. We can see that Daniel already had like a reputation going on in his, in his workplace, in his office. People knew stuff about him and it, you, you can learn a lot about someone by what other people say about them. And I think it's interesting here that it said that he had um, a spirit of excellence, he was faithful, and he had a relationship with his God. And I bet if you asked Daniel at this time, like, hey, Daniel, what's, what's some of your core values? Like, give me some of your core values. He'd probably say these things. He'd probably be like, yo, excellence, faithfulness, and I love my God. Like, that's my thing. Uh, because the truth is, all of our actions actually stem from belief systems. Good or bad, everything we do comes from something we actually believe on the inside or something that's important to us on the inside. And that's a real key for us, um, just knowing that what we're going after on the inside is going to show on the outside, and that's going to be our major uh, kind of like voice to the world around us. It's going to be kind of like how we teach other people. It's by the choices we make uh, from the values that we have. So it's good to even ask yourself, like, what are, what are my values? What, is, what am I known for? especially in my workplace, like not at church. What are you known for in your workplace? What are you known for in your other spheres of influence? And uh, is, it, is it a message that you wanna be giving? It, does, your, does your reputation uh, aid your mission? Uh, and that's a really good reflector right there. Okay, uh, moving on. Verse six. So these high officials and satraps came by agreement. And this word agreement is like they came thronging. So like really aggressive and like not, not like a mob because the king could just, you know, whatever. So, but really like pure pressure-y kind of. High officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, we all agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. So like King Darius probably doesn't even know what's going on. Like everyone's rolling up in his in his palace, like getting intense about a weird injunction. He's like, fine, yeah, here, like, cool. That's what I imagine maybe it was like. 
Uh, and then verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Okay, this is a crucial, crucial part of the story. So imagine when Daniel hears that the law has been signed, he knows in his head, if I go up and pray, I'm going straight to the lion's den, right? He's smart enough to figure that out. And what does he do? He rolls up there, opens up all his windows for everybody to see, and he prays to God. And he goes straight to the lion's den. <laughs> see, okay, I want to talk about this moment, this moment where it's literally like a life or death situation. Uh, I, I've learned to call these moments a philipsis moment. Philipsis. Philipsis. Philipsis is the Greek word used in the New Testament for uh, tribulation. And uh, it actually portrays um, kind of this a, a heavy pressing or a squishing, like what you do with grapes, you know, to make some juice. And this moment for Daniel is totally a philipsis moment. And the thing about these kind of moments is you really only have two choices. You're either going to respond in fear or you're going to respond in faith. And... Um, Obviously, Daniel, he picks faith, and we're going to talk more about that in a bit, but I want to read a little more. So uh, verse 16, down to verse 16. <clears throat> so this is after the other officials like see him in the window, tattle on him, and, you know, to the king. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. <clears throat> I think it's hilarious that the king got credit for fasting at night. I fast every night. <laughs> I get no credit. I wake up and I eat my break fast. And he gets over here like credit like it was a big deal. He must be like a nighttime muncher, you know? So good job, Darius. Anyway. <laughs> then at the break of day, the king arose, went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out, in a tone of angu anguish, the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel says to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And I'm also blameless before you, O king. I have done no harm. So the story goes on, right? He gets out of there. Tables turn on the accusers. And they get thrown in the den. And there's no angels for them. And Daniel gets promoted. Yay, God. Yay, God. Woo! Well done, God. Thank you. Um, 
Okay, but here's the thing. I want to go back to that life or death moment. Like how, how did Daniel choose faith in that moment? Because here's the thing about a true Philipsis moment. When it happens, it's, it's already too late to choose fear or faith. Because the nature of the situation, it's going to squeeze out what you've been cultivating before the event happened. And, um, and we see that when, when it talked about how Daniel, right, he, he goes to his upper chamber towards Jerusalem, got on his knees three times, prayed, gave thanks before his God. It says, as he had done previously. So he had already been cultivating faith in his downtime so that when he got squeezed, faith came out. You see, what you cultivate in the unimportant, unseen times is going to show in the important and seen times. And David understood, David, Daniel understood this because uh, he was a government official that was in these like seen and important times all the time. And he had figured out how to be successful in those moments with God. It was about what he did in his quiet time and his preparation. And even more than that, here's why it is so strategic and so genius to develop into these like amazing squeeze bottles full of faith. It's because the nature of faith is this. Faith always leads to giving God glory. It always leads to making him known. Faith will create a boldness that gives God glory. And fear can create boldness too, but fear's boldness will only make you known. It can't make God known. And I don't want to make me known. I want to make God known. I want to give him the glory. And faith is the way to do that. Um, and so we see that Daniel's faith here in this crucial moment actually led to some amazing outcomes. And I want to read about um, some of it real quick in verse 25. So we, we go uh, right here. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. This is a crazy thing for a, a king to be saying. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Um, has anyone here ever heard of the Great Commission? Great Commission. Very good, right? Uh, a big part of the Great Commission is to disciple nations. And um, did you notice what Daniel actually ends up accomplishing here? He essentially disciples King Darius in the ways of God. King Darius ends up giving God glory and making all of his multiple kingdoms also give God glory. So... You ask yourself, what does 
a multi-nation discipling, faith-oozing minister look like? It looks like a simple guy who doesn't miss his quiet times and who uh, lives and makes decisions according to his values. Have you ever gotten in trouble for doing the right thing? Yeah. Oh, it's so irritating. <laughs> it, it's so one of the most frustrating experiences. It, it makes me want to avoid like trouble at all costs, if I can. But then I read in John 16, where Jesus says, in this world, you will have troubles. Guess what the Greek word for troubles is? It's, it's the ellipsis. <laughs> So we got Jesus over here basically giving us a lifetime subscription to uncomfortable squeezes. <laughs> and it, it forces me to change uh, from trying to avoid trouble to cultivating myself in a way that will, when, so, so that when trouble does come, I actually respond in faith. And uh, there's, there's some tools here from uh, Daniel that we can, um, we can take to equip our lives to help us to be ready to respond in faith when the hard times come, because they're going to come. Tip number one, remember your history with God. So this was the second time Daniel basically did this, right? Where he did it with Nebuchadnezzar. And guarantee when things are getting like heated with the accusations and the injunctions are being passed that he started to reflect on like, oh wait, no, I've done this before. Like guarantee he went back and remembered the time where he denied the king's food and God gave him favor or the time that his bros got thrown into the fire and they came out fine. Remembering our history with God is such a powerful tool to strengthen us uh, in the future as we like go through hard times. And um, recently my wife has been doing this amazing thing. A couple months ago, she started writing, like remembering and writing down stories of miracles that have happened in our life and uh, prophetic words that have been said over us. And it's been amazing going back to some of these times because it, it just talking about them, we're getting full of faith. And when we're hearing other people go through similar situations, we have a lot of faith to lend them. We've got some stuff for them uh, that's really practical and helpful. You know, we're like, oh, remember that time God brought us out of debt? Remember that time he healed that girl? Like we have these, uh, it's like concrete chunks of faith that we can use for our future. You know, there's a reason why God kept trying to get Israel to remember their what, what God had done. Set up these stones of remembrance. Like, tell these stories to your kids. Because God knew that they were going to need what he's done in the past to help them trust him in the future. And I'm, I guarantee that's what Daniel did here. And that's something that we can do now. Number two, remember your identity. So, so much uh, help can come from knowing like who you are as God's kid. And I, I found it super interesting that Daniel, his name actually means God judges me. And I'm sure that when people started to judge him, he was able, he had the strength to not let that go to his heart. 
and to and and to take on those judgments. And you hear when he was actually in the lion's den, Darius is talking to him. He kept saying, "Look, I'm blameless before God. I'm blameless before you." He knew, uh, like whose judgments mattered, because it was in his name. It was in his identity. And and the same is for us when people are, um, when the accusations come, even lies of the enemy, we can find a lot of peace and and. Uh, what's the word? I guess, yeah, just peace and solid foundation from just remembering who we are in God and what he said about us. Those, those prophetic words, especially the ones that say, uh, talk about your, your uniqueness, your unique identity and design. Those are the things that are going to really hold true in hard times of accusation. And finally, know your values. Like, what are you about? Where are you going? What is, what is your vision? What message is your life telling everyone? And um, if, if you don't know what that is, I, I would totally recommend taking time to work that out. One of the best ways to do that is with community. And uh, in fact, we have our prophetic uh, service, prophecy service coming up soon. That's going to be a really good uh, time to kind of get some insight on what God is saying about your life. Even more than that, just go to your Ohana group and ask them to pray over you and to speak life over you. And if you're not in an Ohana group, this is a great time to check one out. We actually have such a robust prophetic community here at Blue Water. It's, it's so easy when you just gather and ask together. So much insight comes from that. Um, so with that said, let's pray. Father, we just, uh, we, we thank you for how you made us. We thank you for the truth that um, our power is in our purpose, that our, uh, our vision can be found in, in how you made us. And I, I just release right now clarity to uh, anyone feeling uncertainty, anyone that's asking that question like, okay, what am I about? What, what do I want to say for those of us that maybe are, are confused or unsure or scared? And I just release your supernatural peace right now for every single one. And I just thank you that as we feel your peace, we know you're there. The presence of peace was the first recording of, of the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. It, it came with peace. And so, Holy Spirit, I just release you over everyone. And I just open up revelation of identity over every single one uh, right now that we would carry that and utilize it as we go into this next year unafraid and full of faith and wanting to give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey there, Blue Water. I hope you guys were able to enjoy and get as much out of Rolo's message this week as I did. Um, I was able to watch it on Wednesday while he was actually giving it, and you guys are watching it today on Sunday. I know for myself, I've already been able to apply a lot of the things that Rolo was talking about in his sermon. First of all, it was great to hear more about Rolo and get to know him better, um, and hear like where he was when he was in high school. And obviously, I'm passionate about youth as the youth pastor here, so 
it was cool to hear like kind of where his mindset was at when he was in high school. Uh, but then I was able to like apply the things he was speaking from the book of Daniel this week, uh, specifically in the practice of thankfulness. I've noticed that um, I took the, the advice from the book of Daniel, like, okay, like let's try and uh, be thankful just like three times a day. And I've noticed that it, it immediately has activated faith in me throughout the day that other than just, you know, because I usually have my morning quiet times, but to be thankful throughout the day keeps my faith alive and going and helps me to act in ways that are different. They feel more powerful, they feel more purposeful than maybe if I was just dedicating one part of my day to the Lord and then going about all of the things that I have to do um, throughout that day as a full-time student and working and I have an internship as well. I have a lot of things that I have to do. Uh, but Rolo's message helped me to think about taking those three times of the day to just be thankful to the Lord. And it really activated faith in me in a powerful way. Also, if you need prayer for anything or you just feel like you need a little bit of supernatural help from the Holy Spirit, you can email our virtual pr prayer line at julie at bluewatermission.org and somebody will be happy to pray with you at the times that are specified on your screen. Um, so I just wanted to pray for all of you that this week that you would be able to try and put that into practice so that when life squeezes you and it's trying to push either fear or faith out of you that you'd be able to react in a faithful way and be able to live your life in a powerful and purposeful way this week. Uh, so Jesus, I just lift up everybody who's watching the service this week and I pray that you um, would bring to remembrance all the things that you've done in their lives, that you would help them take pause and take time to be thankful um, just a couple of different times a day so that they could continue to be in that mindset with you, Holy Spirit, um, living by you. Um, and instead of just living in, oh, there's all these things that I have to get done today. There's all of these things that I have to get done this week. And instead of that place of just burden and just kind of strife that we would be able to live from places of thankfulness because when we're thankful to you, towards you God a lot of the worries seem to melt away and we don't have that fear and anxiety as we go through our weeks yeah Jesus I, so I just pray everybody that everybody who's watching this right now Lord that they would feel your presence and that they would um, bring to their minds the things that they're thankful for that you've done in their lives in Jesus name amen have a great week, everyone.